Do you, Chris, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you promise to barrage her with obscure facts concerning comics, movies, TV shows, and toys? I do. And Cindy, do you take this man-child to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to humor him by engaging him in his obsessive ramblings, for better or worse, in pre-crisis or in post? Sure, why not? Then by the power invested in me by the High Father of the Fourth World, I now pronounce you Supermates. You may podcast with the bride. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. I'm Chris. I'm Cindy. And today is our special holiday Christmas episode. Uh, but before- Which is even more fun because today is actually we're recording on Chris's birthday. Yes, because we were behind recording. So <laughs> <laughs> we have to scramble to get this thing edited together in time. So yeah, we're going to do, uh, this year we decided to do something a little different. Last year at Christmas we covered uh, some of the animated episodes. But we haven't done a toy episode in a long time. Oh yeah. I mean the last one we did that was a toy episode was a Color Forms episode with Brian Hyler. So we thought we'd, uh, which was almost a year ago, so we thought we'd uh, dig back into the toy box, but this time look at toy memories from Christmas, and uh, also take a look at your favorite Christmas specials. Yes. So, but before we do that, uh, quick plug, the fine folks at Disney Indiana, Scott and Tracy invited us to share our Star Wars memories as they count down toward The Force Awakens, which we have tickets for. And by the time this drops, we'll probably be in a theater watching it. Yes. <laughs> Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Ha ha! So, <laughs> so, so no spoilers for us. So we'll be here at our local theater where I should have saw the first Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> not bitter much. Not bitter much. We'll, we'll His be, parents thought he was too little when, he came, when it came yeah, out. Yeah, actually go to Disney Indiana. Look up episode number 194, which Disney Indiana is a fantastic podcast mm-hmm. for all things Disney. But... They, uh, I actually share the story of, of my encounter with Darth Vader at the local premiere of Star Wars uh, where I didn't get to see the movie. So, <laughs> so we'll just leave you there. But, uh, but we are seeing The Force Awakens this coming week at, yes. at the, and Andrew just said yes, at the Raw's Opera House here in Cynthiana. And uh, so may the Force be with you and all that good stuff. So now, <laughs> let's go into our let's, episode. Let's go into what we're going to talk about today, which again are Christmas toys and specials. And specials. As far as the toys go, I would say that a good ninety percent of our toys that didn't come from Santa came from the Sears Wish Book. Uh, my mom was an avid Sears Wish Book buyer shopper. I mean, she we had a catalog store in town. Uh, downtown, and she was friends with the lady who ran it. was also named Brenda, if I remember right. I mean, I, I don't know how many times over the years I'd go in there with my mom, and she'd pick up a box and this and that. And, of course, you know, <laughs> back then, I don't know if I was just dumb or didn't put two and two together that, okay, that's probably my Christmas right there. I, I seem to recall that the, the the Sears Wish Book would come out shortly after we went back to school. Like September? Yeah, like, yeah. The, like right after Labor Day or uh-huh. something. 
because we would always go back to school the week before Labor Day, which never made any sense because you'd go to school a week and then be out a day and go for four days, which right. is like, why don't you just wait till the Tuesday after Labor Day? But whatever. Now they go like first week of August around here. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> but they do get off for a week for fall break, which we didn't get. But. Right. But anyway, so we would, I mean, that was like, it was like Steve Martin in The Jerk, you know, the new phone book is here. The new phone book's here. I mean, it was like, you know, it's like, the wish book is here. And I mean, you know, you would, I mean, our kids do that. They go through oh, the, yeah. the Toys R Us catalog, the Toys R Us flyer, the Target flyer, flyer the Walmart yeah. flyer, and Mark things, and the entertainment, or Andrew goes to the Entertainment Earth flyer. Yeah. But, I mean, that Sears wish book was all-encompassing. And massive. It was massive, yeah. I mean, I remember sitting on it at the table because I was a little bitty kid. And yeah. Setting on it <laughs> from, like, September to December, you know, when yeah. we would be at the table. Yeah. I mean, it it just it was it was the 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 holy grail of the of all things Christmas, you uh-huh, know, most definitely. Yeah, and, and that's where all your quit. I mean, it was the the Christmas wish book, you know. Some of our other items locally came from either Howard's, which was a local department local store de- like Hills and like Kresge was before it became Kmart, right? And then uh, Ben Franklin, which we've talked about before. Right. With Ryan was on here, talked about the toy land that you go down into. Yeah, that was so cool. In fact, we saw the the town Christmas parade last night, uh-huh. and one of the floats said. Ben Franklin Toyland. Yeah, because it was supposed to be your favorite Christmas memories, your favorite Christmas traditions, and it had Ben Franklin's Toyland, and it had the um, the banister yeah. up that you would walk down into the steps. Right. So, now, if they'd had some of the toys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but honey, I don't want to get you out of jail for jumping on a parade float. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh now, as we go through these toys, you'll be hearing some commercials, uh, which come from YouTube and, and various places. A lot of those are from Brian Heiler himself, oh, from right. com. I can't iterate enough. Go to pladstallions.com. You'll find, you'll find pages from the Sears, Sears Wish Books. Book. Mm-hmm. You'll find catalogs from Toy Lines. You'll find all sorts of awesome stuff about all the things we talk about here. So go there. Uh, and some of the images in our... Uh, our little graphic for this episode are, are from platstallions.com too. So we thank Brian again, and we need to get him back on the show before too long. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was trying to rack my brain thinking of, you know, when we covered toys before, we t- talked about 80 toys. But this time I wanted to go back into the 70s, you know, and uh, which we haven't talked about um, any on here really other than the color forms. So um, I was trying to think, well, what are some of the earliest, you know, Christmas gifts that I remember getting and one of them that jumps out to me uh was the six million dollar man the action figure uh the steve austin and the mission to mars outfit calling steve austin on mars your radio signals weak the new six million dollar man with bionic grip and new mission to mars adventure set sold separately uses bionic eye the radio tower fell we'll fix it using his bionic grip Careful, Steve. Grip it. Hold on. Did it. Mission accomplished. Kenner's new $6 million man with bionic grip. Mission to Mars adventure set sold separately. Which was, you know, Steve Austin was an astronaut. And uh, so they concocted this Mission to Mars outfit that was an astronaut outfit with a red 
visor dome. Oh, okay. And for some reason, I was just obsessed with that red visor dome. I just thought that was the coolest thing. I remember being obsessed with the red visor dome and his little red tennis shoes. I don't know why. I just thought they were cool. <laughs> so, but, you know, and then Steve Austin, of course, he I had, have tried hunting for that stupid thing. Have you? Yes, cannot get it. Well, you find, you know, it's the, the $6 million man was so popular that you find beat-up dolls at, like, antique malls right, and flea right, markets, but, but you not... never find one in a very good condition. Exactly. And then you go, you go from, like, they're, like, beat-up and, you know... Do you really want that to mint in the box? I mean, there's like the kind and of no one between. Like, there's other stuff that you want more. Yeah, just like, you know. that's like one of my my childhood toys. I just haven't got back yet, and uh, one of these days I probably will. But he, you know, of course, he had. There were different versions of them, but I remember, you know, I think every version had the rubber skin that you lifted up, and he had the the bionic panels in his arm, and and the rubber skin felt weird, and. And it would get ripped, and you know, it's yeah. kind of like Big Jim had arms like that too, that was made of that yeah. same rubber. And you find them nowadays, and they're all moldy looking. It's yeah, kind of and yeah, kind of weird looking. And uh, it's probably what's going to happen to all these hot toy rubbery items that we've all got oh. that we all spent two hundred dollars on. No, no, we're not going there. <laughs> my, my Christian Bale will come in one day, and these just outfits is going to be melted off of him. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, and you, you know, and he had the bionic eye you could look through, and and he had a really good Lee Majors face sculpt. I mean, it looked like Lee Majors. I mean, it was dead on. Kenner Kenner made great stuff. And again, getting back to Star Wars, you will note the lack of Star Wars in this episode. But it's because I didn't have a lot of Star Wars toys as a kid because I didn't see the movies in the theater and I wasn't bitten by the bug like a lot of other by, people, by yeah. other con my contemporaries. So another one that. I will, I will, as much as I love a lot of other things mentioned on here, probably one of the greatest and most satisfying and well-made toys of all time was the Evil Knievel stunt cycle. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing stunt cycle. That gyro power sends him over a hundred feet at top speed. Look, and he's not through yet. Into the dragster. Evil super sprint car with built-in drag chute to slow him down. What a hook! That daredevil death-defying supersonic skyplane on wheels. And here he is on the super cool chopper bike. With the power that can really rip. He's sensational. He's evil Knievel. He's a knockout. He's ideal. I like playing with that thing. Because, you know, they made a lot of different evil Knievel items. Ideal did. In the heyday of evil Knievel. Before, you know, he kind of went crazy in public and... Well, <laughs> ideal like cut him loose, but the center of the line was the stunt cycle. It was a bendy evil Knievel with the helmet, came with the motorcycle, and he had that energizer crank thing that you yeah. stuck him on. And I mean, you could crank that thing up, and it made this awesome. Yeah. It makes this awesome sound, and 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 then you know you stop it, and it just freaking shoots off, and he will jump over a freaking house. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, he he will. And it's fairly durable. The only thing that was really weak about it was the handlebars, which I, my original one didn't have any handlebars left. I don't even know where that thing's at, but I had it for years. Yeah. The handlebars didn't survive, but it still played with it, you know, so. But, yeah, I mean, that thing just, I mean, you know, you could you could set up, you know, if you had any box, any large box from another toy got saved to be made into a ramp for, for, e for yeah. Evil Knievel. 
And uh, that's the only thing I had out of that line, but that's the only thing you needed, really. I mean, yeah. they made like a scrambled van. They made the 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 rocket sky rocket thing. He jumped the canyon with Snake River Canyon with, and all that stuff. Okay, but that he didn't make it, I think. Uh, but you know, it 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 just is. I I don't know if there's a better toy. This man, I mean, we that they have reissued that thing. Well, ideal themselves. A few years afterwards, did Team America, okay, and not the puppet movie that the South Park guys did, but Team America was the um, was a line that that Marvel got into. They did comics based on it, and they actually introduced the characters in the Captain America book. But they they used the Energizer crank thing. They right. had they reissued the stunt cycle with like a hard plastic non-movable rider but then later they had some action figures I, I had i had the stunt cycle i had uh action a true action figure that came in like a a doom buggy slash you know dragster thing um which was cool but you know that so i mean i got to you know i had like two different cranks and i think my old crank quit working but then i had the team america crank to use with my old evil knievel cycle so i had like two motorcycles and then back in like the late nineties, mm-hmm. we were already married. Yeah, playing Manus reissued the Evil Knievel stunt cycle, and I got it for Christmas again. Yeah, and I me remember and your mom went and got it at Toys R Us. Yeah, I remember me and Dad getting it out and playing with it again. <laughs> well, and I mean Andrews played with it, and, and our nephews played with it, Danny's yeah. played with it. Yeah, you know. I mean every everybody, you know, eventually at some point when kids come over, that comes out. Yeah, you know, and and and, and it gets played with. So, and I think actually, I remember a few years back somebody else reissued it, and I think it actually had Ideal on it, but I don't know if it's a company that just. Is using the right. ideal name, but I saw it at Cracker Barrel in the you know a Cracker Barrel yeah. has the old time toys in there. Oh, I didn't see. Yeah, that, that was that that was a few years back. I saw it, so I don't know if they still got them or not, but definitely one of the the best toys ever made. So, and this is hard to believe we're on episode forty five of this show, and we never have really talked about Migos. No, I, and partially it's I blame Rob Kelly because. <laughs> He did that episode of Fire and Water with Brian Hyland. Right, right. Right before I was going to do an episode with Brian. It's like, oh, man. So that's one reason why we didn't talk about Migos. So thanks, Rob. But anyway. Uh, We're always <laughs> Merry Christmas, Rob. buddy. So. We're always giving him a hard time. Be nice to him. <laughs> it's Christmas. Be yeah, nice to Rob. Yeah, be nice. I'm supposed to be nice to Rob. I'm not supposed to be nice to Shag. Right? Oh, okay. You know. Well, but, you know, I'm scared of Shag's machismo, apparently. Right, right, right. That's why I'm not supposed to be nice to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Migos were a huge, huge part of my early childhood. And adulthood. And adulthood, as I stare at the... Case. Case in our dining room full of Migos. Uh, <laughs> including the Mego Batcave and Batmobile. Uh-oh, it's the Penguin. And the Joker. What can they be up to? Oh no, are they going to steal the Batmobile? Can it be? Can they get away with it? Flash the bat signal. The dynamic duo will be needed here for this. I hope they see it. Success! Into action, Robin. The Batcave's computer plots the strategy. They'll need Batcycle and Batcopter for this one. 
to hit them high and low, boy wonder. Holy leap and bad cycle! We've got to capture those dastardly villains. Trapped at the pass! Not the ones I had as a kid, but I got them for Christmas. I don't know what year it was. The year on the 70s, I'm a little foggy on. I'd say it was probably 77, 76, 77 probably. I didn't, like, I went straight from, like, Fisher-Price Little People to Mego. I mean, there was, like, no in-between. I didn't do the, like, I didn't even know what the Fisher-Price Adventure People were, the little three and three-fourths figures that were, like, regular people, like, they come with a boat or they come with a, you know, hang glider or something. Um, there's a lot of uh, information on them on Plaid Stallions. But I didn't, I never had any of those. I went straight into Mego because of the superheroes. And uh, I remember one Christmas I got the Batcave and the Batmobile. And I may have already had Batman and Robin, but I'm pretty sure I got them that year too because there's this really vague memory in the back of my mind. I mean, this is bad, but I mean, I was probably maybe three and I remember the pink card back for Batman being under the Christmas tree. And since Batman's the only one that come on a pink, pink. card, which Not I never have understood. The $6 million man packaging was all pink too, though. Really? Yeah, it was pink and white. So I, in the 70s, they thought pink was... Manly? I don't know. It was the 70s. You know, there was no... We'll, we'll let it go. Taste was out the window in the 70s. But I remember that being under the, you know, under the Christmas tree. I never had any of the villains, but I got a lot of mileage out of the multiple copies of Batman and Robin that I got over the years because they break and you'd lose the oven mitts and the utility belt would break and you'd lose the sticker and and stuff. But I, you know, I had the bat, the same Batcave and the same Batmobile the whole time. At one point, the way the Batcave was, you know, it was like it was a vinyl playset that is in you. You could collapse it into one piece with a with a snap, and it, you know, you could carry it, and then it had you pulled it apart and it had like two sections and a mat that went in between it. And that you had the bat pole, you could slide down. You had the door, you could take the bat kit, the Batmobile out of. And I had, there was a latch on there that, that kept the door closed. Well, at some point I broke the latch cause I decided to, you know, ram the Batmobile through it. Just like on the TV show at full speed. And <laughs> Genius. <laughs> hey, I was a kid, you know, it came with a bat signal, which was awesome, you know, flashed the bat yeah. signal. But I, I seem to recall that didn't work too long. But And at some point, I lost the bat pole, and of course, you replaced that with a dowel rod. Right, no big deal. No big deal. And my dad, he he always, he still complains, you know, if, if we talk about, if I, you know, if the Migos come up in conversation here in the house, he said, those those things I had all them parts for in the basement, I remember I had to fix them things all the time. Because Migos were... Fragile. Pretty fragile you know, <laughs> must be Italian. And they, you know, like, especially like the knee pins mm-hmm. and stuff would break in them. And he, like, I had a lot of Migos that were part cyborg, you know, because <laughs> because they had, like, screws in them and yeah. bolts and things. And I lost, again, lost Batman's utility belt. I remember my dad took a metal watch band, like what I got on right now on my Super Friends watch, and he took an old one and he, you know, he, of course, he took the watch off the back of it. He he attached the two pieces of the band together where the watch would be, 
and then you had the buckle in the middle, it looked more like Adam West's utility belt. belt. Yeah. So it had it looked like it had the pouches or the big cartridges on it and, and a big metal buckle in the middle. And so that was my Batman's utility belt. That's cool. So so I actually upgraded from the you know the, the usual, plastic. The yeah. plastic, yes. On to other Batman, which there's plenty of Mego in this countdown. Uh, I mean, in this not it's not a countdown, but in in our uh, our memories here, my memories. Another Batman item that I got that was very near and dear to my heart, and a lot of people don't know about, is Empire. That the maker of Big Wheels, and well, they didn't make Big Wheels, but they made uh, Marks made Big Wheels, but they made Ride On Toys. They made uh, I think they called them like. What did they call them things? They didn't call them Hot Wheels, obviously, but there was something something like that. They had Big Wheels, but they called them something else. And they made a lot of Christmas blow molds and things. And they made a Batmobile pedal car and a Bat cycle. And uh, I got those for Christmas or my birthday one year. I, I'm pretty sure that they were Sears Wish Book exclusives. I'm not 100% sure, but I remember... Uh, Brian Hyler actually posted those on Plaid Stallions one time. I'm like, oh, that's them, you know, because I've... For the longest time, you doubted whether you remembered them correctly. Well, I remembered. I, I knew I had them, but I just didn't know. I'm like, why am I the only... Why do I never see these? I mean, I never saw them in any books on Batman. They never came up. When eBay came about, I was able... You, you, you found the Batmobile. I looked and yeah. looked and looked in the for very like, early days of eBay. Yeah, I mean, oh for like my gosh. two years before you found one. Yeah, and uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll get that in a minute. But the Batmobile, what's really neat about it is it is not the TV show Batmobile. It's not the George Barris Batmobile. I mean, it has some features in common. It's got the little bubble domes. Right. It's got the the turbine in the back, which is a sticker. But but it looks like it's its own design. It's uh -huh. got a bat head in the front. Kind of like the 40s and 50s Batmobile. And it's got, but it's blue, and the lights are different than the 60s Batmobile. And it had like a radio thing that you could talk through that amplified your voice, like a walkie-talkie. And, uh, you know, it had the, like, metal pedals that you kind of, it never, I, I was always, it always hurt your feet because I never had shoes on when I played with it. So it was like this metal bar you'd yeah. push on. And it wasn't, it wasn't real comfortable. It wasn't. You know, it, it was a really cool. It was almost cooler to just sit in it than to actually ride it, right? Because of just the way it was made. But uh, I know there's a picture of me that I'm like sitting in front of the TV, and the Batmobile's parked over the side in front of the fireplace. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I mean, it was that was that was it. I like the Bat Cycle too, which the Bat Cycle was like your typical motor. It was probably a motorcycle design they used for other just things. Modified, yeah. But they had a embossed Batman head where the headlight goes. Which is cool. They had, of course, both of them had stickers all over them, bat stickers and everything. And uh, but the Batmobile lost a wheel, and the Joker got away. No, but the Batmobile did have a broken wheel. And my, I think my dad said he was going to fix it. Blah blah blah. But you know, how could you? You know, it's a very unique Design, wheel. Yeah. And at some point in one of the great basement cleanouts that we had at our house every few years, it got thrown out. But I didn't know about it. No. And, and when I found out, I was honked off. <laughs> and the bat cycle actually survived for a while, but at some point it got thrown out too. Well, it took a flesh room. Yeah, so, yeah. And it wasn't broken, I don't think. But I don't even know why that got... Some stuff disappeared from our basement that I'm not sure was thrown out. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure that it wasn't stolen. But 
uh, again, flashing forward, I gave my parents hell about that for years. Oh, my gosh. And your poor daddy. Pulling my Batmobile out. <laughs> and I, I mean, every time, anytime come up, I'd say like, "Will you send my Batmobile out?" <sighs> and he'd like roll his eyes, like, "Ah," you know. So when Cindy found this on eBay, well, they told me my dad said, "If we ever find that thing, I will buy you one." Yeah, I will buy you. I will help you buy that stupid thing back. Well, she found one, and they did. So my mom and dad bought me a. <laughs> I, hey, Don't we paid half, and we, I spent lunch breaks and before and after work and everything else. And this is back pain. in the you know days of dial up when yes. eBay was was young. So yeah, but so I've got them back. The only and then I found the bat cycle. Yeah, just you know. Yeah, it just kind of came up one day. Just yeah, I mean, just because you looked for something like this, here's something else you might like, and I'm like, <gasps> yeah, that was it, and it wasn't nearly as expensive, but no. But I got, I've got both of them. They're not in perfect shape by any means, but I've got them, and they're in better shape than mine were at the end. That's for right. sure. Right. The only bad part is, is that I noticed, I've noticed here in the last year or so, that I guess the, the plastic is, I, I don't know what they call that, migrating or whatever it is. The I chemical, don't know. It's, it's a breakdown mm-hmm. in the plastic, and the color starting to fade in it. Uh-huh. And it's not anything to do with lighting or anything like that. No, I mean, it's, it's kept in a dark room. It's it's in a dark room, and it's 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 just it's starting to kind of go, which is unfortunate. But I don't think there's really anything I can do about it. It's like it's like Migo zombie heads. You yeah. know, it's it's something. It is to do, what it is. It's something to do with what the. I mean, they there is a cure for that, but it doesn't last. It's like use plastic dip, and it, but it's basically like there's a chemical breakdown mm-hmm. in the plastic. So unfortunately, but I still love it, and I put my big giant. Christian Bale Batman from a few years back sitting in it. So there's yeah. there's an almost in scale Batman in it. Yep. <laughs> Another thing that that's kind of a vague memory real quick was uh something I don't have back was um the Migo Fonzie Jalopy. He's debonair. He's suave. He's sophisticated. He's a regular pussycat. Hey! Fonzie with thumbs up action that goes with a Fonzie garage complete with Fonzie's hot rod hoist and tools and all of Fonzie's friends. Richie Cunningham, Ralph, Fonzie. Plus the Fonzie stunt cycle that spins, spins, spins. They're all here in one complete set or sold separately. It's the Fonzie stunt cycle, the Fonzie garage and hot rod, the whole crew from Happy Days and the one and only Fonz himself with thumbs up action that goes... I had the Migo Fonzie. I don't know if I... I don't think I got him for Christmas. I think I got... I remember getting him from Ben Franklin's, I think. But the Migo Fonzie, of course, Happy Days was huge when we were kids. And I was a huge Fonzie fan. I had a leather jacket, apparently. You know, and, and I think it was an official one. They made an official Fonzie leather jacket. And But the Migo figure was cool because he had... Posable uh, He had posable thumbs. He had a lever in his back that you could lift his arms up and down, kind of like the fist fighter figures that Miguel yeah, made, yeah. similar to that, not exactly, but so you could do the a you know action. Yeah. But they made a car, they made a garage, and which I didn't have, and they made Richie, Ralph, and Potsy, which I didn't have. But they made Fonzie's air quotes jalopy that on the TV shows really Ralph's, Ralph's yeah. And it, you, it's this scene in the opening credits through most of the seasons where they ride it up into the driveway of the right. Cunningham's house. You didn't see it a whole lot on the show because you saw it every week in the, in op- the, opening, in the yeah. opening credits. So they did make that, and it was really cool. So they gave me another Mego car right. to play with. On I mean, I've found it once or twice, but it's like, you know, it 
I, you can't find it by itself. It's part of the playset, and the playset goes for like three hundred dollars for what I've seen. And I'm like, right. I'm not doing that. You would kill me. No, and I, I don't have the space for it, and I'm not that into it. I wouldn't. My, I would like to have the car. Right. But you know, as far as the and I and I, I haven't, haven't looked for it for a while. No, I haven't really pursued it that much myself. But you know, it's it's it, it, it was neat. I remember really liking it. It was it was a cool car. So I think we'll take a a break and actually from the toys and start counting down your top favorite TV Christmas specials. Okay. And this is something that's just kind of, you know, I like a lot of different things and things that, you know, I'm not a crier at all. I'm just not one of those girly girls about stuff, but things that get to me really do. And something that's kind of odd is the Simpsons Christmas special from 1989. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is one of those things that you know it is so sweet and it's one of the it's it's real. I mean, right. you know, they all they're dysfunctional as crap. The right. family is right, but in you know, the whole point of the Christmas special is that they love each other, right? You know, and that's right, Homer. I mean, because Bart like gets a tattoo that Marge has to use her savings to remove, right? And at the same time, Homer doesn't get his Christmas bonus. bonus. And unlike Christmas Vacation, where we're just going to put in a swimming pool, this was going to buy Christmas, right. period. You know, he, he takes a job as a store Santa. And, you know, even Bart says, wow, Dad, you must really love us to stoop so low. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Hey, Santa, what's shaking, man? What's your name, partner? Uh, little partner? Well, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? I'm Charlie Old St. Nick. Oh, yeah? We'll just see about that. Oh! Homer. I want a word with you in Santa's workshop, little boy. Cover for me, Alfie. Don't kill me, Dad. I didn't know it was you. Nobody knows. It's a secret. I didn't get my bonus this year, but to keep the family from missing out on Christmas, I'd do anything. I'll say, Dad, you must really love us to sink so low. Well, let's not get mushy, son. I still have a job to do. Hey, little one, Santa's back. Ho, ho, go! Damn it! And and then the bad part is he doesn't get that much money. No, because it's like they take you know, all the Santa clothes rental and da 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 training and da da da. da you know. Yeah, yeah, and they take all the money, and so he Barney, his buddy, convinces him to go to the dog track. Yeah. And there's a, the dog comes up, Santa's little helper, and Homer's convinced it's got to be a sign that this is the Christmas miracle that's gonna that's going to save Christmas, and he comes in dead last, and he loses everything. Yeah, and I mean, and then he gets thrown away by his owner because he did come in last, and you know, you're just a loser, blah, blah, blah. Wait, oh, you're a Simpson. Oh, no, you don't. No, no, get away from me. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, can we keep him, Dad, please? But he's a loser. He's pathetic. He's... A Simpson. Mm. Maybe you should call the police. Oh, he'll sober up. Yeah. Come staggering home. Mm-hmm. Smelling a cheap perfume. Homer! Look, everybody. I have a confession to make. This should be good. I didn't get my Christmas bonus. I tried not to let it ruin Christmas for everybody. But no matter what I did... Hey, everybody! Look what we got! (laughs) A dog! All right, Dad! God bless him. 
So love at first sight is possible. And if he runs away, he'll be easy to catch. This is the best gift of all, Homer. Yes, something to share our love and frighten prowlers. What's his name? Number eight. I, I mean, Santa's little helper. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean, I you know, I I loved. I, I haven't watched The Simpsons that regularly for years, but I loved no. them for like like I, I was in like the first 10, 12, 15 years. Oh yeah, that was one of the things we watched. Yeah, and and uh, you know they got it got more cartoony and more. You know, Homer got more brain dead as it went along. But in the early, this is more, it feels more real. And didn't you say this was the first actual episode? Yeah, I believe, yeah, this is the first one I remember that they, because they've been on the Tracy Ullman show, but this was the first, like, this was, a, the, it was basically almost like the pilot gotcha. for the series because the following fall, the, the series came on. So this was the the first regular episode of, and if you, you buy the box sets, it's it's the first episode on there, so... And plus another thing, I remember, I remember myself that we went out looking at Christmas lights around town, uh-huh. and then me pushing them like we got to get home because I think it come on on because I think the Simpsons come on Sunday, then they moved it to Thursday, and then they moved it back to Sunday. If I okay. remember, I, I could be wrong, but I remember pushing my parents to hurry up and get home. I want to watch this because they've been advertising it, and and I remember coming home and and, and finding out for the first time that Jingle Bells, Batman Smells was not a local thing. Because I had <laughs> never seen that in anything. Else, yeah, right. I mean, it's like the first time, because Bart, you know, they're at the Christmas pageant and, uh, the you know, that the school's putting on. And Bart, you know, they're singing Jingle Bells and Bart starts blurting out, you know, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin laid an egg. And, and they yank him out of the show. Enough, yeah. yeah. And the uh, fourth grade will now favor us with a melody... <clears throat> Uh, medley of holiday flavorites. Dancing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh, o'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha ha ha! Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. Sweet Homer, he sings like an angel. But I had no idea. I was like, "That's that's a real thing." That's I mean, that they heard that in California or wherever they make this. Thing. Well, this is something I, I even forgot to tell you. This we were singing. You know, we, we do. I do story time at the, our local library because I'm the children's librarian, and we were singing Jingle Bells and Frosty and this that and the other. I said, "I bet you this is a version that your mom and dad probably know, or you know, your caregiver probably knows." And I sang them Jingle Bells, Batman Smell. Oh. And, you know, I'm sure that that probably originated in the 60s. Right. And then the height of Batmania, I imagine. It was kind of like a Batmania backlash in a way. But, but uh, yeah, I, I, before that, I had no idea that it was it was legit across the country. Another really odd, this is this is an odd Christmas memory. I remember that I got my neighbor, my next door neighbor, Miss Shirley, I'm pretty sure, was the one that gave me a Mego Spock figure. Mego presents the Star Trek action figures featuring the crew of the Enterprise, Captain James T. Kirk, their fearless leader, Dr. Bones McCoy, caring for the health of the Enterprise crew, Scotty, the chief engineer, in charge of the transporter room, Mr. Spock, the Vulcan, second in command, and the Klingon enemy of the Star Trek crew. 
Star Trek action figures, complete with accessories, show each sold separately from Mego. I had no idea who he was. <laughs> I didn't watch Star Trek. I think at some point my dad tried to get me to watch Star Trek. I don't remember this was before or after, but I was real little, so you know. But I got him. I'm like, who is this guy? You know, and and I, I, if if I known if, if you if I could have known who he was, I would have said, oh, it's the In Search of guy because yeah. I knew Leonard Nimoy from In Search of first, right, right, <laughs> which is weird. But you know, a few years later, I was like a Star Trek nut. But I mean, at age like three or four, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, he's a, you know, I used him with my Migos. Like, okay, whatever. Did he make him into Namor? Yeah, later on, I did. Yeah, when I figured out, I knew who Namor was from reruns of the Mar of the Marvel superheroes cartoon. I made him into. I gave him a pair of extra Robin trunks, stripped him naked, gave him a pair of Robin trunks, and bam, Namor. You know? There you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that was kind of a, a portent of things to come there. Another odd one I got that I didn't know what to do with, which we've brought up before, but it bears. I'm sorry, it's funny. I'm pretty sure I got this one for my birthday. I, I can remember, but like I said, you know, my birthday's obviously in December, so some of which this, is today. Happy birthday! Yes, thank you. Which is, you know, so kind of some of this gets lumped together, but I'm pretty sure I got this for my for my birthday. That was the Mego 12 inch Wonder Woman. That was more based on the TV show because they had Linda Carter on the box. You got a Barbie. Yeah, basically. And I, I had, like, like, I didn't have any, I don't think at the time I had any other 12-inch Migos. I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? So uh, I barely touched the thing, and I gave the coat and the glasses to my Mego 8-inch Superman so it could be Clark Kent, <laughs> even though it was too big for him. <laughs> so, but we've talked about that before. And we're not bringing up She-Ra. Uh, the... <laughs> One thing that's that is really cool, and it's probably one of the more valuable things if you had a copy nowadays, would be the Kenner Stretch Armstrong and Stretch Monster. It's Kenner's new Stretch Monster. Look out, Stretch Armstrong! Stretch Monster stopped you! This will stop Stretch Monster! No, it won't! He's training himself! Again, Stretch Monster, new from Kenner. Stretch Armstrong, sold separately. Now those were exactly what you think they are. They were the, you know, the stretch figures that you could pull like a country mile and twist them and right. and everything. And and I'm, I'm not sure I got those for Christmas, but I probably did because they were big items. So what the hey? Uh, I thought Stretch the Stretch Monster was cooler than than Stretch Armstrong because Stretch Armstrong was just a blonde naked guy with black briefs, you know, he, you know, I mean, he was cool, but he, you know, Stretch Monster looked like the love child of the thing and the creature from the Black Lagoon. So, you know, he was, he just, he just had. Isn't he worth quite a bit now? Yeah, that he, he, he definitely is. I think he's worth more than, than Stretch Armstrong, which I mean, I don't really care about the monetary value of these things, but, but the, another thing that about these is that they're so hard to find any of them that, that, you know, they're either hard as a rock uh -huh. or there was been a tear in them and all the corn syrups dripped out, wow. which, um, you know, at some point, both of them got holes in them. And my parents bought into the myth that there was something toxic inside them and they threw them out, which it was just like corn. It was corn syrup. Yeah. That's a, which, of course, nowadays people might freak out because it's corn syrup, but <laughs> heaven forbid. It's full of gluten. Uh <laughs> He's high fructose corn syrup. But anyway, uh, so, 
But I think you you were supposed to like be able to put a band aid over it and it'd be fine and repair it or kind of like Baymax from Big Hero Six. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All the air sticking <laughs> coming out of it. I do. I have a memory of taking Stretch Monster to show and tell at school. Oh, okay. So he survived into at least the early '80s when I was in kindergarten or first grade or something. Which I also remember taking my Mego Superman there. I don't know if I ever told that story here, but some. Um, I took the Mego Superman to show and tell, and you know this was probably like I think this was in first grade, and the kids all wanted to see it, and you know afterwards they were passing it around, which made me kind of nervous. But at the bell rang, and the kid that had it in his hand bolted out the door at the end of the school day, and he was gone with my Mego Superman. I was just traumatized. And I come home all upset and told my mom, well, she got on the phone. And well, who was it that did it? And I, so, I mean, it, I, I swear, I mean, you know, probably the FBI was involved before it was over with. And, I wouldn't put it past your mother. Yeah, and b- by the next day, that kid came back with my Superman and apologized in front of the whole class that he stole my Superman. So, there you go. Justice prevailed. But... <laughs> Truth, justice, and the American way. And basically, you don't mess with your mama. Yeah, oh, no, no. <laughs> Not where you're concerned. Wednesdays, we'll have to tell the story of, of the comic book and the convenience store clerk. Uh-huh. Yeah, not today, though. That's for another time. <laughs> Back to stretch the stretch figures. Mego made stretch superheroes. Okay. They made Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, and the Hulk that I knew of, that I remembered seeing advertised in the comics and on TV. And even at age four and five, I'm like, that's stupid. Because Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, and the Hulk did not stretch. So I didn't want anything to do with them. <laughs> it's like, that's not accurate. I don't want that. Now, okay. <laughs> I understand that Kenner kind of like sued me, go over it, or threatened to. I don't know if they did. But they did come out with a, a plastic man that had very limited release. Okay. And had I seen that, I would have wanted that. Because right. I was because watching that's... Yeah, that made sense. And I was watching the Plastic Man cartoon right. on TV at the time. But speaking of, now, while they were, Mego was mowing Kenner's grass, Remco started mowing Mego's grass. Because Remco came out with energized superheroes, starting with Spider-Man, which I got in the Christmas of 1978 when it came out. It's energized Spider-Man, battery not included. Attach the spider clamp, flip the switch, and the motorized web climber starts him climbing, keeps him climbing. Energized Spider-Man, the spider web trap for lifting and pulling. The spider light, you can watch him climb in the dark and pretend he's searching for the enemy. The power pack turns on the spider copter, sold separately. Energized Spider-Man comes with motorized web climber. Spider copter sold separately by Remco. He was a in-action figure because Mego had the lock on the posable action figures. Okay. So this was like, and I got one in there, but you know he's like the about twelve inches tall and he's static figure. He's got his arm up over one arm up over his head, and the thing with those was you put batteries in them. And they would, you know, do different things. He would climb up a wall. He had a winch, basically. Oh, in it. okay. And he, or you could pull things to him. And he had, like, a, a thing around where his belt should be that you could plug in, like, a light and things like that. So, I didn't... They made the Green Goblin. I didn't have him as a kid. I do have one now. And they made a spider copter, which another one of those things is like Peter Parker's poorer than dirt. How's he have a spider? Yeah. How's he have a spider copter? I mean, it would make sense, like if it was the Daily Bugle copter that he just stole or something. Well, well or you know, yeah. And the, the following year in '79, I got Batman, 
Superman and the Hulk. The Superman one was kind of weird. He had a chunk of green kryptonite. It had a red center in the middle of it, which I always like, you know, as a kid, I'm like, what is this supposed to be? Like red and green kryptonite mixed? I didn't, you know, again, this is me being too much of an anal fanboy, even at four and five. Just uh, like our son. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there, there was a, he had a, a string you could fly him across, which Mego did that with flyaway action in their 12 inch figures later, too. I never could quite get those type of things to work, but the 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 Batman one was cool because he had most of the Mego Batman figures had the a very smiley Adam Westy type face, but this guy looked serious. He kind of looked like artist Irv Novick's version of Batman, which was kind of a distilled version of a Neil Adams Batman. So he oh, had okay. that kind of Bronze Age, Dark Avenger of the Night Batman look to him more than than Mego stuff, and the Hulk. He, like, had some, like, cinder block thing that you could, like, pull apart. He had, like, a like a winch thing that, like, in the, between his hands, like, rope that would pull things apart. And even after that quit working, I used him with my Migos because he was taller than Migos Hulk. Because Migos Hulk was actually shorter than their other Migos. Because he was squatty. Yeah, which I never liked. So, right. <laughs> again, it bothered me. <laughs> so... I'll take another toy break here. You want to uh, talk about another Christmas special? Sure. One of my other favorites, of course, is Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which came out in 66. Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the who. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now, hanging a Hollywood wreath. And they're hanging their stockings, he snarled for the sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Love this. Um, our daughter was just in a Christmas uh, program for her school, and they did How the Grinch Stole Christmas. They had a local guy dressed up as the Grinch. Wonderful program. Mm -hmm. And, of course, our daughter was adorable, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, love that. You know, it is one of those things that you're just like, it just gives you warm fuzzies, you know, because his heart grew three sizes that day. That's right. And, you know, and the whole line about, you know, Maybe Christmas doesn't come in boxes and bags. Maybe Christmas means a little bit more. I mean, you're just like, that's right. I mean, right. that's that's the whole point. Woe to the who's, he was grinchily humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in who will, will all cry, boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. He paused, and the Grinch put a hand to his ear. 
and he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzle of a saw. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Despite the fact that we're talking about all the avarice that I got as a kid. Because <laughs> you were one spoiled little boy. Oh my gosh. Notice that there are no toys that I got. Well, we talked about that and you said, well, I pretty much covered everything I did. in our I mean, toy episode. Because I and just didn't have, I mean, you know. You got toys for Christmas. Well, I got toys for Christmas, but I didn't have, I mean. You were, you were just a wee baby, and you got all kind of stuff. Yeah. Coiled. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, getting <laughs> He's back, blushing. Getting back to the Grinch, I mean, you've got Dr. Seuss, Chuck Jones, right, and Boris Karloff. So how could you not miss? You yeah, know, that's really. that's going to be a classic. So and like you said, you know, Boris Karloff has two green guys sewn up for one for Halloween and one for Christmas. Right. I mean, so. he's got the holiday season sewn up. That's, you know, and, and of course, you know, Cindy Lou, who's one of your nicknames, especially at Christmas time. Yes. Cindy Lou, who, who was no, who more, was than, no more than two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think June Foray was the voice of Cindy Lou, who, who does all the, you know, granny and uh, on the Looney Tunes and, oh, yeah, and Rocky and, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle. So, well, I think we'll probably take a break, break, commercial break, and when we come back, we'll dig back into the toy box. The 
Film and Water Podcast, a weekly show about movies old and new, hosted by obsessive movie nerd Rob Kelly and a rotating series of special guests. From sci-fi to horror, dramas to family films, comedies to adventure epics, we watch it all. The Film and Water Podcast is part of the Fire and Water Family of Podcasts, available weekly at fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Okay, we're back, and uh, I think we'll pick up with the Amigo 12-inch Spider-Man I got in 1979. I know I got that the same year I got the Remco Energized Figures, the other three, because I have a picture of them all together at Mamma and Papa's house. The Incredible Hulk meets Spider-Man. Each figure a foot tall and fully poseable. All you need is a piece of string, and here comes Spider-Man. Avalanche! This is a job for the Hulk. Good job, handsome. The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man from the Superhero Collection, each sold separately by Mego. I think I had the muscle body version, which is the version I got now too. And the, you know, that I means that's basically like a Mego. I mean, the 12-inch figures were just the Mego 8-inch figures upscaled. They had different sculpts, but I had the 12-inch movie version of Superman. But I don't think I got him for Christmas. So um, I really wanted the magnetic Batman and Robin, uh-huh. but I never got them as a kid. I don't know what happened there, you know. But <laughs> I know something you wanted, and your mommy didn't buy it for you. <laughs> but she did buy them for, uh, for me years later. Yes, she did. She got me a set when I was adult, an adult. So uh, after I started collecting stuff, so there you go. You know, and I got some things that. Every kid got. I mean, wasn't all superheroes and stuff. Like I, I remember one year I got a Tyco race car set. You know, it was like one of the figure eight right. sets. But I mean, I remember me and Dad putting that together Christmas morning. I think it was like eighty, eighty one or something like that. I was real little, but but uh, you know, we figured out very quickly that one car was faster than the other, and I got the faster one all the time. So <laughs> that's awful. Your yeah. daddy let you cheat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So I was talking about my grandparents earlier. One thing that I know I got from them for Christmas, which we oh would we would go down to their house. We usually do Christmas Eve. We would on Christmas Eve night. My mom managed the Hallmark store, and when she come in from work, which a lot of times was late because they'd close at six, but she had to like basically shove people out the door who were last minute Christmas shopping. Yeah. And she'd come home. She usually stopped somewhere that was still open, like KFC or something, and bring a bucket of chicken or something. And we'd eat, and then we'd, you know, go open our presents to each other Christmas Eve night, and then we would go over to my grandparents. We got over there. I mean, it was late. It was like... Oh, my gosh, 10 o'clock. Yeah, sometimes it was 9, 10 o'clock for everybody got down there. Yeah. So we were getting out of there, like, at, like, midnight a lot of time, or after. I know. When I um, when you and I first started dating, and I would be going down to your grandmother's with you, my mom's like, when are you coming home? What? <laughs> hey, it was just hard for everybody to cram everything in, so we... Yeah. Stretched it out. But one year, I, I believe it was probably 1981, I got the Lone Ranger and Tano gift set that Gabriel had re-released. In the 70s, Gabriel had a Lone Ranger, exhaustive Lone Ranger line. Damn good! Playtown has over 150 different Fisher-Price toys on display at low, low prices. 
Playtown has all the great games from Gabriel, like Ethel and Touche, plus the Lone Ranger. From Hasbro's Potato Head to the famous Weebles people, you'll find more at your Playtown store. Playtown stocks all the Kenner toys like Stretch Armstrong and Star Wars. They'll put you in orbit. Playtown wants to be your toy store. Playtown wants to be your toy store. And then in 81, the Legend of the Lone Ranger movie came out. They made a smaller three and three-four size based on the movie, and they re-released Lone Ranger, Silver, and Tano, and Scout in mm -hmm. sets. And I got that for Christmas. I didn't have any idea they were reissues, but I love those things. And they are they were so nicely made. I mean, just the outfits and the horses mm -hmm. and the detail. I mean, it was way ahead of its time, the detailing was. I mean, as much as I love Mego, they made the Mego stuff look cheap. You know, just the detailing in yeah. most of the Migos, uh, you know, versus this. And over the years, you know, the only the only bad thing about those is their bodies aren't constructed real well. They're strung a certain way, and it's hard to fix them, and they get floppy. And mm -hmm. and my Lone Ranger and Tano over the years either disappeared or bit the dust. And But I still have my childhood horses, and over the years I've picked up a Lone Ranger. I picked one up in a box, a single figure, and... I got a Tano and even got Dan Reed and his nephew, Lone Ranger's nephew, and Butch Cavendish, the bad guy. Right. And uh, the cool thing is, is I actually have them in my grandfather's case that came his from, dis yeah. his display case that came from their house, which my grandfather actually collected horses. Uh -huh. He collected a lot of things, which is where I get all this from. <laughs> but he, he actually had an old Mark's horse in his display from the Best of the West line, which I have up. Well, I don't have it up right now because Christmas decorations are up. But uh, so that's all in Papa's old case, which I, yeah. I like that. That's you know. So. <laughs> another uh, another Mego item, Mego's last hurrah really before they went bankrupt was the Dukes of Hazard line of toys that they did. And I remember one year I got the whole eight inch line for Christmas. It was in the Sears Christmas book. I got Bo, Luke, Boss Hog, and yes, even Daisy. So she was part of the line. So I got Daisy. <laughs> And, uh, uh, well, and come on, you yeah, know. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest here. I wanted Daisy and didn't know why. <laughs> Dirty boy. For different reasons than, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so. Oh, you blushed again. Yeah. Well, Mego made, the, the aggravating thing about the 8-inch Dukes of Hazard was that's all they made. They didn't make a car. They didn't make any other figures, but they didn't make a car. For them. I, know, I know. And so I had, and there's been a lot of discussion over the years. Why didn't they make a car? Why didn't they redo the Torino from Starsky and Hutch and just orange? Oh, yeah. You know, because they made one for Starsky and Hutch. Why didn't they do this, do that? Some company made one of those cheap blow molded cars, very similar to what Mego did with their cars, like the Batmobile. Uh -huh. so it's basically like a hollow shell that they screw a seat up into and put an axle with four wheels, you know, two axles with four wheels on it, and it's a car. Right. You know, it's hollow in the bottom. And somebody made a General Lee like that that was almost to scale with the Duke's figures. In fact, it really was size-wise to scale, but because the General Lee doors didn't open, they were welded shut, it didn't have a very high roof line. You had to shove those figures <laughs> there. But I did, man. I crammed them suckers in, which... That wasn't too hard. Getting them back out was a booger. <laughs> so they stayed in there a lot. But I, I, besides that, I don't know if I got this for Christmas or not, but why not? One, because I found a commercial for it, which I'm going to run. But, oh, 
Vigo made a three and three fourth set, like I said, of the General Lee and Bo and Luke that come together. Uh -huh. And that's how I had it. Those were the only three and three fourth size figures I had. Blue bars, white stars, it's the Dukes of Hazard inside that car. This is Luke and Bo, you see, and the name of the car is the General Lee. Other Dukes of Hazard action figures include Daisy, Boss Hog, and Cooter, each sold separately. The Dukes of Hazard, complete with Bo, Luke, and General Lee Car by Nico. They made Roscoe, Boss Hog, Uncle Jesse, Daisy, even Cooter, and I think uh, Cletus. They didn't make Enos, I think they made Cletus. But I had that set, and the, the way that set worked is you lifted the the top of the car with the the rebel so flag. It had basically a flip. It had a like a sunroof. I got it sitting right. That's the one in the case oh, right there. Oh, okay. That okay. one. Uh, yeah, we're looking at it right now. <laughs> Not the one I had as a kid. I got another one later. Right, but, right. But man, that thing got a lot of play. You know, a lot of jump again, jumping a lot. I mean, they told you to jump it over stuff on the show. <laughs> so you know, I mean, I remember taking that one and the big one and literally setting up a ramp and jumping it off the deck. In the, oh my god! Off the back of the house into the yard. <laughs> hey, you know it's. I know. Waylon Jennings told me to. You know? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I'm in Kentucky. Waylon Jennings tells you to do something, you do it. My God. <laughs> oh, I'm married a redneck. <laughs> Now, that year, I think that year, or maybe around that time, maybe the next year, I got a lot of Duke stuff. I had I had a race set that was like, it wasn't like an electric race set, but it was like, because I still got the cars, they had like a big hole in the back of them, so you'd like put them up against this, like this post at the end of the racetrack, and you smash this like plunger thing down, and it shot them around the track. Huh. And, and then, of course, you, they had ramps, jump, you could set it up different ways, and jump ramps, and this okay. and that. I had that. I had a wrist racer, which was like a watch that had like a big bubble dome on it and a little car in there, and you wind it up, and it popped out and shot off your wrist. And Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I had all that sorts of... Cool. Yeah, it was a little bitty, super deformed General Lee that was in oh. there. And uh, I had a dress-up set, which was a picture of me with the with the belt buckle on. It says, like, Dukes oh, yeah. of Hazard on it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 the Dukes of Hazard was appointment TV, you know. You had to watch the Dukes every Friday night. You know, you had to watch the Dukes and the Incredible Hulk. So on Friday nights. John Snyder. Yeah, yeah, I know you like John Snyder, but and more now than back in his Dukes days, he has aged really well. <laughs> well, I like him as Paul Kent. So you know, he was a good. He was a good. He was a great Jonathan Kent. I really did like oh, yeah. him in that role. And so yummy. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's yummy, but I liked him as Paul Kent. But uh, the, <laughs> and when Coy and Vance came in. I did not watch the show. I, I, I mean, I won't say I did. I watched it occasionally, right? If there was nothing else to do, but I boy basically boycotted the show till Bo and Luke came back. Yeah, I was like, they're scabs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they crossed the picket line, you know. Well, and as a son of a union man, uh, yeah. Well, that's true. That might have been part of it. Yeah, <laughs> my dad was a big UAW man, so it might have been part of it. But yeah, so yeah, when Bo and Luke came back, I was happy. But yep. Coin Vance, forget it. Yep. Didn't have their Migos. Nope, forget it. The uh, the big present we got, I think, was in 1981. It was like a big family present. Was the coup de grace of, of Christmas toys at the time 
was the Atari twenty six hundred console. Mm-hmm. Now we've entered into the techno age. You know, we've got the 26, yeah, yeah, Atari the twenty six hundred. I mean, you know, it was technically a gift for everybody, but I don't think Mom ever played it. I, Rhonda played it some, my sister, but me and Dad played it more than anything. We played combat because it came. Our set came with. Uh, Winter Olympics with the little pong paddles. Okay. And it, then, of course, had a regular two regular joysticks, and it had uh, the uh, combat game, which you could do tanks, you could do jets, you could do biplanes, you do all sorts of. Of course, I say you could do all that. They looked, they were like four little blocks of pixels, you know, moving around on the screen. I was getting ready to say, um, <laughs> how'd you know what you had? <laughs> and of course, I told this story before. And they got. We keep bringing Brian up a lot, but he was in the last several toy episodes. But the uh, my mom read in Women's Home Journal or one of those mom rags that Chris what what one of those mom magazines. Sorry, that video games will burn a pattern into your TV screen, which of course they will if you leave it on for four days. You know, so she wouldn't. I mean, this was the one time my mom was very indulgent. But she's like, you don't need to plug that up to the big TV. It'll ruin it. You didn't get your way. No. So I had to play freaking Atari in black and white. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so now I've got different shades of gray colored blocks moving around the screen. <laughs> you know, I still loved it. Played it. Played played Spider-Man later when I got it. Played Frogger. I mean, after that, the next several years, I got cartridges. For it. For yeah. the games, you know. So that was a, that was a big deal. So. Well, uh, I think we're down to countdown number three for your TV favorites. Okay. Um, another favorite of mine, number three on my countdown, was Twas the Night Before Christmas, which came out in 74, which Woo-hoo! was actually the year before I was born. It's the year Christopher was born. Right. And it was a Rankin Bass special, but it was animated rather than the little puppets. Right, the Animagic. Okay. Yeah, that's what they called it. Yeah. And it's the story of a mouse family that have that work on clocks and I mean it is one of those cases and this is something with Christmas specials that no matter how you feel, you always believe in Santa. Right. I mean that that's the thing. Santa is real. Right. Well, the thing the thing with it is is that there's like a human family and then like a, a corresponding mouse family that lives with them. And one of the the little smart aleck older kid mouse writes uh, him and thinks his fr- he knows it all, and r- then he gets proven wrong. Well, he writes a letter to the him and his friends write a letter to the newspaper that calls Santa a fraud, mm-hmm. and uh, so Santa basically says he ain't coming to they, all their letters to Santa Claus from that town get sent back. Yeah, and he's not coming to their town. Oh, it couldn't be, Albert. Yes, Father. There's something we've got to talk about. I said, yes, Father. Yes, Father, what? I wrote the letter. My friends and I, that is. All of us. You didn't, Albert. Dear Editor, Santa Claus is a fraudulent myth rooted in... Enough, enough. Write another one right away, apologizing. But I can't. Why not? That letter was true. You don't know as much as you think because you only think with your head. So you have a lot of trouble believing in things you can't see or touch. So the the dad, who's voiced by Joel Gray, he comes up with a clock that basically on on Christmas Eve on midnight it'll it'll tell it'll sing a song that tells them how we love you, Santa, and you know we believe in you. We need you yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, that's that right. 
And uh, so, but then the kid, the mouse kid, screws things up again by trying to figure out how it works and breaks the clock. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> so at the last minute, the, the him and the dad have to go fix the clock, and of course everything works out right. But I got one thing to say. In these Rankin Bass specials, Santa's got one heck of a hot temper. Mm-hmm. Because, let, I mean, I love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but if you really sit down and watch it, man, that thing's really hard to watch in a way. Everybody's so damn mean in that. I, that, I mean, they are. Santa's a jerk in that. I mean, he, and, and uh, you know. Poor, because poor Rudolph. It, yeah, I mean, yeah. he, you know, Rudolph nowadays, would they, the, the episode went in with him filing a class action lawsuit and his family's discrimination. discrimination. Yeah. I mean, it's like. I mean, it's like they're so mean to him. And then, and then on top of that, you've got uh, the year without a Santa Claus, which has got the Miser Brothers and the Heat Miser and the Snow right. Miser by Love. But that's Andrew's, that's Andrew's favorite. That's Andrew's favorite. But in that one, he he basically you know he's down. He doesn't think people believe in him anymore. He doesn't feel good, so he takes a year off. Decides mm-hmm. to. Of course, he ends up changing his mind at the end of it, but. But, I mean, so it's like, you know, it doesn't take much to send Santa off in these Rankin Bass specials. If you Except for the one we'll get to later, which, yes. that does, you know. But, yeah, it's, I really like that the that one. I always get that song, Even a Miracle Needs a Hand, stuck yeah. in my head every time we watch. Even a Miracle Needs a Hand. Yeah, I get that stuck in my, it's an earworm that gets stuck in my head every Christmas. No sense in hanging stockings, Dad. There's no one to fill them this year. Unless you believe in miracles. Now, don't go saying that. The night's not over yet. There's there's always hope. Miracles happen most every day to people like you and me. But don't expect a miracle unless you help make it to be. So you hope, and I'll hurry. You pray, and I'll plan. We'll do what's necessary Cause even a miracle needs a hand You love and I'll labor You sit and I'll stand Get help from our next door neighbor Cause even a miracle needs a hand We'll help our maker to make our dreams come true But I can't do it alone So here's what we're gonna do You hope, we hope. and I'll hurry da, 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 da. You pray, pray, and I'll plan da, da, da. We'll do what's necessary Cause even a miracle needs a hand it, me and Danny watched that last week, and it's been stuck in my head ever since. So, back to the toys. Another grandparent gift I got, and I'd love to be able to. I haven't been able to find this online. I haven't looked a whole lot. Can you tell that Chris was the youngest grandchild too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was the youngest grandkid. But I got a giant Lego gift set. It was mostly to make. Like tractor trailers, big trucks and things. The bricks were red and yellow for the most part. Lots of tires, lots of big doors. Uh, it was a little complicated for my age I was at the time, which I think it was like 82, 83. So I was like, 
six, seven, eight, something like that. But it was it was almost in between like a regular Lego set and that what they did the Technic stuff right. around that time that was for like teenagers. But I didn't. I've never been able to quite pin down which one it was. I haven't been because Lego God made has oh, made yeah. so much stuff over the oh, years. Yeah, for real. I'd like to just see it again to see what all it came with. I mean, I think I'm somewhere. And my dad's house was probably still pieces from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, little red and yellow bricks everywhere. But that started me liking Legos and wanting Legos. But, I I mean, I used that as a basis for, like, you know, I'd buy, like, I'd get the Lego police or space sets is what I usually buy. Because back then, kids, there were no Lego licensed sets. No, no. It was all, all, you know, either knights, which I always wanted a knight castle, but I always wanted something more. And so I never got that. But I had, you know, police, space. I had a little space guy that you see in the Lego movie that's crazy, you know, with the blue helmet. and Yeah. Yeah, I had him. And and uh, I had a red one and a white one. And I, I used to, I'd make up my own thing with it. They were like Spaceman and Space Boy. They were like superheroes. Oh, like Captain Action and Action Land. Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I kept using that big set for years to build. I remember I built a motorcycle for... My Secret Wars Captain America before I had the turbo cycle they came out with. So I built that because you could make a motorcycle out of that set I got too. Oh, okay. Because it, it had the, the you know, the prongs to put the, you know, the axle through for the wheel. And so you can make a motorcycle out of it. So I made one for a cap. But, so that was the, that was the beginning of my, uh, my uh, Lego, mini Lego obsession, which every kid needs to have Legos. Oh, yeah. You know? And every kid needs to have He-Man from the 80s anyway. And I actually talked about this one before, so I won't go into it too deep. One year, Christmas 1982, the year that Masters of the Universe came out, I got the He-Man Battle Cat set, Skeletor, and Castle Grayskull. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. That's so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beast-Man playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beast-Man's escaping. The throne, Dad. Dad, you saved the castle. Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beast-Man each sold separately from Mattel. And like I said before, when I got up that morning, I was like scared to death of the Castle Grayskull box. I mean, it's scary. You know, it's like a very... Frank Frazetta fantasy painting looking thing, you know, very, very well done painting on the front of it. And, you know, I mean, the early days of He-Man, I got in on the ground floor before there was a Prince Adam, before there was a cartoon, before there were even DC comic books. I mean, you know, the, in the little mini comic books, He-Man was like a barbarian that lived in a hut, you know. Kind of like Conan. Yeah, it was kind of like a more friendly Conan, yeah. And, you know, it was cool that I got... I don't know, there was always something about... Maybe it's because I had the Lone Ranger and Silver and Tano and Scout in the gift set, but... The fact that I got He-Man and Battle Cat in a box together in a gift set. Mm-hmm. There's just something about a gift set that's just cool. Well, yeah. that's what Santa usually brings. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. So, the following year, I got one of those awful memories that every kid just, you know, wants to beat their head against. I got a Christmas toy that didn't work. Mm. And that was the Masters of the Universe Attack Track. Uh, that was in 1983. Uh it was like a little, it was like a, it was a, you know, vehicle, one seater vehicle for He-Man that had like tank treads on it, but it, they, it, it didn't quite work like a tank. It was more like they flopped over end to end and it, and so it could go over like rough terrain and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it just didn't work. 
And then, you know, like, shortly after Christmas, we took it back. And then that one didn't work. I, the third one I finally got worked. So there just uh, must have been something with that thing that yeah. that didn't work. I never did hear if it was a, uh, you know, it was a, a big bomb for him or what. But I know on the cartoon, it didn't look, the attack track looked like a minivan on treads. It didn't look like the cartoon, I mean, the toy for some reason, which I don't know why. But that always sticks in my head. Whenever I see the attack track, I'm like, yeah, that thing didn't work. <laughs> I mean, I didn't throw a fit and, like, cry on the floor or anything, but I just no. remember being, oh, man, it don't work. You know, so. Well, it's like that, you know, for one year for Andrew's birthday, oh. we got him that Superman glider. It was when Superman Returns came out. That's when it was. It was a flying Superman figure. It wasn't supposed to be a glider. The son of a buck was supposed to fly. Yeah. And that thing didn't work at all. It was a radio-controlled That's Superman right. that was supposed to fly, and that thing was a turd. Yes. I mean, that was the biggest piece of crap Mattel... Well, this was Mattel again. Thanks, yeah. Mattel, that Mattel ever put out. And, I mean... You talk about being mad. Oh, I, what gets me is, I mean, you think about this. We took it back to the store in pieces, and they didn't even question it. They just gave us our money back. Right. Because apparently they'd had so many returns, or like, you know... Yeah, Superman returned to Toys R Us in the return aisle. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Awful, <laughs> awful, awful, awful. Yeah, there was like Brandon Routh in pieces. I mean, we took poor it Andrew. I mean, we went turned around Andrew. and we used the money and got him the Lego Arkham Asylum set. Was that what we got? Yeah, yeah. So he came out ahead there, but yeah. Now we're getting in. Speaking of Superman, now we're getting into the to, into the uh, the golden age of of superhero toys. Past when you when you when unfortunately Migo's gone belly up for my birthday in 1984. I got the Superpowers Hall of Justice. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the battle of the Superpowers Collection. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. This is so Batman. taking over the computer. Joker in the elevator. Evil forces joining for a final assault. Who can restore order? Superman save the Hall of Justice, you get Because I distinctly remember um, being at home, the 1951 version of A Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim was on TV, and I put was putting that thing together. I remember that. <laughs> because that's my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. That and the musical, but that one usually kind of, it, yeah. it edges it out barely, which the musical was on TV last night. I remember putting that thing together. I already had Batman and Robin in the Batmobile, at least, because... I think I told this story before. I came home from school one day, and Mom's like, go look on your bed. And I'm like, okay. And there was... Again, spoiled. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I, I put this out as a plea to all of our listeners. I have looked forever for the Superpowers Hall of Justice map table. No, you. no. That's the Mego Hall of Justice map table that oh. you're looking for. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, two different things. I got all my Hall of Justice. Okay. Yeah, you're looking for the Mego. I've got the Mego Hall of Justice, but I don't have the map table. That's what you're looking for. Well, I'm looking for the right thing when I look on the internet. I know. I'm just telling you, but yeah. But to go, you know, it is the Hall of Justice Mego map table. If anybody has one, wants to slip me a little note, for the love of God, please email me, text me, something. Because I have looked for that stupid AWS thing for the last <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> so, you know, Mego Hall of Justice map table. Somebody hooked me up. Yeah. 
Well, now the 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 Hall of Justice from Kenner, the superpowers one, you know, I mean it again, I don't not sure why it's yellow, but it was yellow in the comic books, but I guess maybe it's more toy looking than if it was white. But I mean it's awesome, you know, it opens up, you got like the three walls, you've got the etching on the back of the figures. Which oh, is the just, etching, that is awesome. It's just like why is that there other than to just be awesome? You know, well, and I mean I love, you know, fashion plates. You remember yeah. fashion plates. I mean I've done that with the Hall of Justice back, you know. Yeah, just make a rub yeah, with a I piece mean, of paper and a pencil. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was it had such cool features. I mean, it had a jail. Everyone, every every place that had to have a jail in it, pretty much. But it had a jail. It had the elevator. It had the the pad to to land the supermobile or the Delta probe or whatever on. I remember doing that with Brandon. Okay, I was best friends at the time with Bridget McNeese. Her little brother, who was only a year different, you know, he was a year younger than her, had the Hall of Justice. And I remember doing the etching on the back gonna, of the Hall of Justice. Okay, I was going to say, because I don't remember you doing it on mine. No, but, no. Hmm. But that's I remember doing that at their house, because he was a year younger than her, and he had the Hall of Justice, and I remember doing the etching, because I did Wonder Woman on it. I'd say, honestly, that the Hall of Justice, I mean, as much as I love my Mego Batcave, you know, it's cardboard and vinyl, it's, you know, it's, 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 I love it, but it's, you know, it's kind of flimsy, it's right. not very durable. The Hall of, the, I still have my childhood Hall of Justice, and it's still pretty well intact. Yeah. I mean, that thing survived a lot of play. Yes. That thing was a sturdily made toy, and it's, yes. it held up really well. On the Fire and Water episode I was on with Shag, where me and him were talking about comic book ads, he was talking about, you know, being in our area, and I think we've brought this up before, but, you know, the Hall of Justice is based on the the old Union Terminal in Cincinnati, right. which is now the Natural History Museum, and I don't know if I mentioned this before on the show, so I'll mention this. One time when we were up there with your parents, there was an exhibit on Kenner, because Kenner was based in Cincinnati. Right. And... They had a exhibit all. They had six million dollar man toys. Mm -hmm. They had Star Wars toys. It was cool, and they had the Kenner Hall of Justice sitting inside the Hall of Justice. So they had a copy of the you know they had a, a, a playset sitting inside the building that the Hall of Justice is based on. Yeah. That was very meta, you know. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, was, well, and something else to go along with that because we were close, there must have been somebody that worked at Kenner that had some connection to Cynthiana because I remember one year um, at the Christmas parade, this made me mm. think about that, at the Christmas parade, they threw salacious crumbs out to the crowd. Yeah, I remember that too. And I mean, I remember some kid next to me got one, you know, I, and I didn't care because, you know, you know, yeah. I wasn't into Star Wars and I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. Yeah. And I was hoping that there would be a girl toy, but I remember it was salacious crumb that they threw out. Yeah, I, I, had, I got one. Did you? Yeah, I got one that year. And you I, still have it? Ah, probably somewhere. But, yeah. you know, he's a little, in case it, you, everybody listens to this knows, he's a little dude that sits on by Jabba, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> you know, while Jabba's, while Jabba's sitting there, oh, no, 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 you know. <laughs> oh, shoot. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but, but yeah, and, and because he came in a little bag and was about that, the right size, I kept, this must've been, this was probably several years after Return of the Jedi came out. So, because I remember hoping, kept hoping that when I got the mask figures, which we'll get the mask later, they came in little baggies like that. Oh, okay. In, in the package, in the box. I kept hoping, well, maybe somebody will throw out mask figures, you know? <laughs> 
And actually, there was it used to be a store in Cincinnati called The Earth. I don't know if it's still open. The storefront is. I think they got. Is a, that the one we went to? Yeah, where they had like the superpowers, like. Uh, production artwork yeah. and things like that you could buy. I mean, it was cool. We just went the one time. Yeah, we? yeah. We should have went there more often, but... Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll have to see if it's still open. Yeah, I actually have... You know, that year of for Christmas, I got... Um, you know, I finished up the line. By the end of the by, the... by the time Christmas was over, I had everything. I think I got the Supermobile and the Lexor 7. I got any of the figures I was missing because there's a Polaroid picture from that year after Christmas with all the figures standing in front of the Hall of Justice that I took. And I still got it. So, so. Uh, Another place that, that was cool, not quite as cool, came from, again, the red-headed ch- stepchild of, of uh, stepbrother, sorry, red-headed stepbrother of uh, superpowers. That would be Secret Wars, Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. Uh-huh. The Tower of Doom playset. And the Doom Roller, which is a very odd, you know, <laughs> little toy that looks like a, a Ferris wheel with a like a little mini tank in it or something. Secret Wars. What's Dr. Drew's mission, Secret Shield? Ah, Zap Captain America, what's my Doom Roller? Dr. Doom, Doom Roller, Turbo Cycle, and Captain America each sold separately. Batteries not included. Let's roll. Doom Roller? That first will can't stop the Turbo Cycle. Change course, Doom Roller. Now, Turbo Cycle, you're doomed. Doom Roller and Turbo Cycle vehicles from the Marvel Superhero Secret Wars collection each sold separately. Action figures also sold separately. New from Mattel. But it's it's a cool it's a cool toy. I mean, it actually works well. It rolls over top of stuff, and it's kind of neat. I, I, for some reason, I got two wheels around here. I don't know why. I've got like an extra wheel. I, I don't know if I had somebody got me, and I, I, maybe I had two of them. Maybe somebody gave me one as a present. I, yeah. You know, when I, I don't know. But the Tower of Doom was cool because you know it's supposed to be Doctor Doom's fortress. It was really odd because. The soup, the good guys only had like I think one vehicle that first year, which was that turbo cycle for Cap. They had the Doom Roller and the playset. The bad guys got a playset before the good guys, which is just weird. But it was, you know, it had like a chair up front, like with the turret guns, and it had an ejector seat and like a secret panel, and it was just a good and a trap, and it was just a good like generic playset for villains. Mm-hmm. You could use it for Cobra. You could use it for in superpowers. It could be like the Hall of Doom, something or another, you know. So I mean, it was just a cool. I mean, it was cool for Secret Wars, but it you could go across other lines and and be used, which it it was. So, okay, you want to talk another TV special? Sure. And this is something that I think is really really cool. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Came out originally in 1970. Another Rankin Bass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the secret origin of Santa Claus. That's why I love it. You don't have to look so gloom about it. Why? I don't know. I just don't like sour faces. Now, I got some real nice goodies for you. But not if you look like this. You better watch out. Better not cry. Better not pout. Why? I'm telling you why. Yeah? Because I came to town. And look what I brought. Toys. Real toys. Why, sure. Compliments of the Kringles. But... But what about the Burglarmeister? What about him? If he wants a toy, he may have one. I'll save him a big red yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's play. Yeah. Come on. Wait. You must not play with toys. And uh, who are you? That's Miss Jessica, our new school teacher. Chris Kringle at your service, Miss Jessica. How dare you come here in those ridiculous clothes and make fun of me? Clothes again? 
I wasn't making... And what do you mean by giving the children toys? Don't you know toys are against the law? What? Yep, it's true. Well, gee, that's kind of a silly law. If the Burgermeister saw you, we would all be in great danger. In danger from toys? Why, that's the silliest thing I ever heard. Toys are frivolous, impractical, unproductive, and... What's that? For you. A china doll? I always wanted one when I was a little girl. But my parents wouldn't... Oh, thank you. I, I mean... Watch out for that, Dolly. She's a hardened criminal, I hear. Well, maybe it is a silly law. I... I mean... Well, what do you say you help me hand out these presents, huh? It's, it's too big a job for one oversized Kringle and a little lost penguin. <laughs> well, and the other reason is, is that's why your name is Christopher. Mm. Your mother told me that, you know, when they were arguing about your name and everything else, and, you know, Chris being born at, Chris, at Christmas, of course, helped into that. But one of the reasons is... You had red hair when you were a baby, mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons you're. Because it was on TV when yeah, when they when were, were like born. getting ready to go to the hospital or something. Yeah, yeah. and that's you know Christopher is named Chris Kringle. This, yeah, because yeah. of this special. Hey, worse for me. <laughs> well, that's. And I mean, you know that. I mean, well, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I but mean, I think it's so sweet, and that's one of the reasons it's my favorite because you know you love Christmas so much, and I mean, to me, you know. You're just Christmasy, you know. Yeah. You're my personal version of, of Christmas. Yeah, well. And, I mean, for a long time, you didn't see this on TV. I mean, no, it, it, dis it, it disappeared in, like, the mid-80s up through yeah. the 90s. They just showed Rudolph and Frosty, and that was it for yeah. a long time until, like, ABC Family started showing the heck out of them. Mm -hmm. And then DVDs and stuff came out. Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, because you, I mean, it's. It's it's my favorite of the Rankin Bass. One because it doesn't have those issues that the other ones, like the Rudolph and stuff. Yeah. It's just you know it, it, it's it's sweet you know and and you got Fred Astaire, he's the narrator, which we got a toy of him with in the little truck, the mail truck, yeah. and uh, uh, that uh, Playing Manus put out and um, Mickey Rooney's Santa, he's Chris Kringle and and uh, it's just the secret origin aspect of that is is what really hooked me because it's like. And, you know, I mean, Santa's left it. He's left with the kindly, you know, elves oh, yeah. and stuff. It's yeah, very like Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah, it's very Superman or Moses or whatever you want to talk about it is. Right, yeah. I think it's it's like a very, it's a cool, you know, classic type origin, which is why years later, Rankin Bass, one of the last ones they did, maybe the last Animagic special they did was the adaptation of L. Frank Baum's The Life and Times of Santa Claus. Mm. And that one is neat. But I reject it because I'm right. like, that's not the secret origin of Santa Claus. This is. This is. That's right. And I mean, you know. This is like post-crisis secret origin of Santa Claus. It's the John with Byrne. With the elves and all that it's the, junk. It's the John Byrne. It's Virgin, the John Byrne yeah. origin of Santa Claus. But I mean, you know, Santa Claus falls in love with Jessica. And Who's they hot. And married. <laughs> Not she's not Francesca from Mad Monster Party hot, but she's approaching it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, she's, you know, and it's one of those things. And I mean, this is sappy as hell. But you're um, in a sappy mood today. I okay. am. I am really sappy. But you know, you think about it. I mean, Chris Kringle brings Jessica back, you know, and gives her back some of her childhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He gives her a doll because the the toys have. 
He's the Burger Meister, Meister Burger has. Who is an A-double-S. His outlaw, who's voiced by Paul Fries, who's the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion. Mm. But he, um, he has banned toys. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Chris, Chris Kringle's like this rebel. You know, he's this yeah. toy rebel, which is cool. It's like, you know, it's like. So a bit of Superman, a little bit of Star Wars. It's like, yeah, it's but you know, that's, that's the reason. I mean, I like it so much. It's just he reminds me so much of you. He back, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm really sappy. Y'all, it's, it's my birthday, so she's we're super sappy today. But that's okay. That's cute. Now, one thing that you gave me heck about this. One thing. Speaking, of, I mentioned Star Wars. One thing I had. It's it's in the ba- every time I go down the basement, I see it. It's, it's so big, but. Uh, the GoBots headquarters because I had lots of GoBots because they were cheap. Here comes the GoBot Command Center. Your parents put it together. You can change it to a Landwalker and a mighty fortress. Nine volt battery not included. GoBots sold separately. Enemy GoBot attacking. Now it attacks for maximum control. Leader one, try and conquer the world now. You are grounded, Coptor. The Gobot Command Center, Leader One and Comptour, each sold separately. New from Tonka. But the Gobot's headquarters is is kind of neat because I don't know how they got away with this. The thing is a, like a direct ripoff of a Star Wars AT-AT or AT-AT for Kyle Benning, who apparently didn't know people called him AT-ATs. I mean, he was listening to a show. Aww, a show. I pick on it. I don't know. He, no, he was like, why are you all saying AT-AT? It's AT-AT. You don't... The smaller ones are ATST. You don't. What do you call it? A ATST. <laughs> I'm like, good point. Why do we say that? But I've, that's what I always heard it called. Yeah. ATAT. So, but it does. It looks like the big, you know, elephant looking Star yeah. Wars ATAT, yeah. and then it transforms into like a upright tower thing with a, like a robot face. But you know, it was you know people pick on GoBots and stuff. But it was a cool toy. It had like you know alarms and lights and sounds and stuff. It was it was pretty neat, you know. And it it it. It survived, you know, it's still down in the basement, so it, you know, it, it had an elevator that worked, and it's pretty cool. Unlike the Batman Batcave that it oh, had. from the oh. Batman. Yes, yeah. it's, oh. Another Mattel, Mattel, I, I mean, and I, we've got a house full of Mattel stuff, because you're a Barbie collector, and mm-hmm. because I've, you know, collect the DC, they've had a DC license since like 2000, so we got a house full of Mattel stuff. But man, when Mattel fails, they fail epically. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> when their toys don't work, they really don't work. And I mean, that toy did not work. No, poor uh, Andrew. I mean, we put that thing together. I mean, forty-eight million times. I was glad when he finally quit liking that. Yeah, yeah. The the figures would get stuck in the elevator. Yeah. And you couldn't. I mean, he lost like a figure in the elevator for like a year. Yeah, because we couldn't get it out <laughs> without breaking it. Now, speaking of well-made toys and getting back to what I was talking about before, 1985 was a big year for Mask for me. That's the year Mask came out, you know, Mobile Armored Strike Command Mask. And uh, and yes, I knew that off the top of my head. The I got the big place at Boulder Hill, which was like a gas station in in the side of a mountain that like, you know, you know, guns, the, the gas pumps flipped out into like freeze cannons and the boulder on top like shot off and then it was like a gun turret underneath and I mean it's just like super awesome. It's Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. <laughs> Mask, Boulder Hill play set with action figures. So you put it together. Prepare for battle. This is no innocent gas station. Activate freeze ray. Nobody stops using a jackhammer. Vehicle sold separately with action figures. Oh yeah? Oh, I'll sneak in another way. Ha, ha. Surrender, prisoner. Mask. Boulder Hill Playset. Vehicle sold separately. New from Kenner. 
I remember, I actually remember for my birthday, I don't, I never was a peeker. I did not peek for my Christmas presents, but I somehow saw the Thunderhawk car, which was the main, Matt Tracker, the leader's main vehicle. It was a Camaro that the, that the, the doors flipped up like a DeLorean and it oh, flew, okay. that red one, you know. I saw it and I knew that she had got it for me and I remember begging my mom if I could have it like a day before my birthday, because it was like on a weekend or something. It's like, Mom, can I please have it? Or something. And she let me have it. <laughs> Spoiled. Again. There, There's the running track of this whole episode. He's spoiled. But but I got, but I think I had, by the end of Christmas, I had a few things already. I think I bought the Gator boat, which was the, it was a Jeep that shot the boat out and had the little green motor. I think it was called the Condor green motorcycle turned like a helicopter, but. I got like the rhino rig, which, you know, it turned in like a battle station type thing. And one thing about the rhino rig, it had this big missile you could shoot out the back of it. But you could also stick a figure down in there and shoot them out. And we figured out. <laughs> so you had the human cannonball thing going on. But Mask was just a really, again, that was Kenner. That's the difference between like Kenner. I mean, Mattel made good toys with He-Man. They were durable and stuff to the point. But Kenner just really had, there was just a level of quality in Kenner's stuff. That everything was very durable. Everything worked. Mm-hmm. You know, you never got anything from Kenner that didn't work. And it was just very well-made stuff. Another Kenner thing I got that year was the Superpowers Boulder Bomber, uh, the Calabac Boulder Bomber, and the Dark Side Destroyer, which, you know, by then they were making villain vehicles for the New Gods characters, so. Ultimate evil, Dark it gets a lot of flack the boulder bomber but it kind of looks like a he-man vehicle but what i really like about it is it looks very jack kirby and years later i found out that's because jack kirby designed it that's what it looks, I mean, they gave Jack Kirby work to, he designed a lot of the stuff in the Superpowers line. So, you know, and redesigned the characters. And so, I mean, that's an, that's one way that he was able, DC was able to give him equity in those characters through Superpowers. They could write that wrong because he wasn't getting squat from Marvel right. and didn't until this year. His family didn't. But he was, you know, he's ever since the Superpowers, he's gotten... His family or him has gotten money from the use of those characters, so that's another thing I like about that because you can just look at it and say, "Well, that's Jack Kirby," you right. know. And the Dark Side Destroyer was a just gigantic freaking toy that it was like a it was modular. You could combine different parts of it together, but the the whole thing together, the wingspan was like the size of this dining room table. I mean, it was just nuts, and you could pull the Seat out for Dark Side, and you had a cool throne for him, you know. Mm, which, gotcha. Which was cool. And one thing I haven't brought up a lot on this sh- th- at all on this episode, actually, was surprising is GI Joe because I didn't get a lot of big GI Joe vehicles. I bought GI Joes throughout the year because they were cheap. Right. So I would, if I had a little money, I'd go buy another figure. I had a lot of figures, not a lot of vehicles. Some of my other friends had more vehicles because they were into GI Joe more exclusively than I was, and they'd get, like, the vehicles for Christmas and things, Birthdays, and then we'd play yeah. them together, and, you know, I had the figures, and they had the vehicles, and... But, well, but to go back to 
to mask, I mean, I remember you liked mask so much that when G.I. Joe came out with the mask guy, what was it, about Matt three Tracker. or four years ago, yeah. we looked for that thing yeah. until we could find I it. I had to get him, yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I did remember getting for Christmas was the the G.I. Joe Havoc vehicle. That thing was kind of, that was probably like an 86. That was like the last year I really got toys. G.I. Joe Havoc. That's right when they were getting ready to go deep into the more sci-fi elements of it. Mm. It's kind of futuristic. It was neat and it was big, but, you know, it was kind of, they were really getting far afield from the more grounded military stuff. I mean, it always had an element of sci-fi mm -hmm. to it, but they were getting deeper into it. But I, I still liked it. The last big toys I got in 1986 were, I got both, they had the Autobot and Decepticon cities. The Metroplex was Autobot. Trypticon was Decepticon, of course, from Transformers. We have a military This is our new city, Metroplex. It can transform into a battle station and then transform again into the gigantic Metroplex himself. But the Combaticons can combine to form Bruticus. Decepticons attack! Transform Metroplex! The Transformers! The Transformers from Hasbro. And I got those for Christmas. And I remember I didn't play with them a whole lot because they were just so huge. I kept the box, which was unusual, and I put them back in the box. And, you know, not too long after that, I thought, yeah, I really, you know, I'm getting too old to play with toys. And that's right before, I, I wasn't going to get rid of any of my superhero stuff. That's before I decided I was going to collect toys. Mm -hmm. And my mom had a yard sale. Oh. <laughs> and I wanted some money. And so I sold a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have sold now, you know. And uh, I sold those in the box. I mean, I think I made pretty good money on them but for the time, but they are worth a lot of money now. <laughs> I mean, a lot of money now. I mean, I could, like, buy a ton of Migos if I sold those things now in the box. <laughs> it's like, God, beat my head against the, against the table. But So the next year after that, you know, toys are out. So what do you go to? You go to video okay. games. And I think the Nintendo NES console had been out for a year or two. Because they at one time had a little robot that apparently didn't work with the crap. So when I got it, I got it in 87. I got, you know, it came with Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And it had the gun that you use for mm -hmm. Duck Hunt. And that started the trend of what I got for Christmas the next several years. I'd get, you know, Nintendo Video games. games get yeah. Nintendo games. And I mean, I had a ton of them. And, uh, you know, me and my buddies played them a lot. And they had a lot of them. We'd rent them and this and that. So... I mean, it was there was a lot of uh, of good time spent, you know, playing the old eight bit Nintendo, which was a huge upgrade from from the Atari. Right, know? right. So, so we got one more Christmas special before we wrap things up. Mm -hmm. So you want to go take it from here? My personal favorite, a Garfield Christmas from nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. And John takes Garfield and Odie back to his family home for a country Christmas, and I mean, you've got the typical, you know. John and his brother are arguing about what to do and, you know, chores and all that stuff. But, you know, Garfield and Odie, you know, 
they are trying to find Christmas presents, and Odie gets all these really, you know, he goes and makes a back scratcher for Garfield and stuff like that. Yeah. And Garfield finds these old love letters that um, the grandfather had written that had been, been lost, and the grandmother gets them. How did you know I needed a kitty in my lap? Wild guess. Since Grandpa passed on, I've wired away many a lonely hour rocking and stroking my cats. I envy those cats. Grandpa was a proud man, a strong man. He was a good provider. We never had much money, but we always had plenty of food on the table. And he always made something special for me and each of the children at Christmas. Men like him didn't feel like they could show much affection outwardly to the children, but on Christmas, it was okay. He always pretended not to be excited on Christmas morning, but his eyes gave him away. I think, I think it was his favorite day of the year. Sometimes I wake up in the night and I can still feel his strong arms around me. <sighs> this is the night I miss him the most. Oh, my. What are they, Grandma? John, these are love letters your grandpa sent me when we were courting a long, long time ago. My darling, if the sea were of ink and the sky of parchment, I could not begin to write my love for you. <laughs> when next we meet... Oh. Oh, my. <laughs> well, what does he say, Grandma? It is inappropriate for a lady to talk about her romances, my dear. It gets to you. Yeah, it's a... It's a it's a heartstring puller for sure, yeah. It's it's real sweet, yeah. It's it's a good one, yeah. I It, it gets to you every time, just like it did just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's really sweet. And you know, I I could have sworn that was earlier than 1987. But it it's I looked up everywhere it's from 1987. I'm like, "Oh, I thought it was like from 83 or 4 yeah, or something." Yeah, yeah. When we were a little bit younger, but Yeah. You know, that gets to you every year, yeah. It's a, and the, you know, you don't see that one much anymore, unfortunately. It doesn't even though Garfield's got like a a CGI animated show on Cartoon Network. They don't show that one. No. So I haven't. I haven't actually watched it. Watched it in a long time. Which we need to get that on DVD or something, because that that is a good one. And I didn't know until while I was looking things up that uh, Doc Boy, John's brother, uh -huh. is voiced by Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I can't think of the guy's name. David something. I think I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I didn't write it down. But yeah, that's who that's who Doc Boy is. So. So, well, I think that'll about do it. That's about uh, all the Christmas toy memories I can dig up. We went through your top five Christmas specials. And, uh, you know, pretty much agree with... I, I put all of them on a, on a top list myself. As this episode goes out, it'll be about a week. Hopefully, if I get it edited together yeah. in time, it'll hopefully be, a, it'll be about a week before Christmas. So we hope everyone listening... Has, has a, very, a wonderful Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a and a very wonderful and prosperous and safe Happy New Year. And uh, you know we'll be back next year with more episodes. And uh, actually, uh, I think if all goes according to plan, our first episode of the new year will be 
a first-time guest, and we'll be discussing something that has to do with the first. So it'll be first, first, and first. Uh-huh. So be there shortly after January 1st <laughs> at the first of the new year to listen. So with that, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, it's getting late, and I've got these letters to deliver. And you better be getting home, too. And remember, behave yourselves. Because Santa can still look into his magic snowball and see just what you're up to. And now that you know all about him, you can be darn sure that comes snow or high water, Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's not nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Supermates is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises Worldwide. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue my mommy and daddy. <laughs> Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at our blog at supermatescomic.blogspot.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for Supermage Podcast. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. Santa Claus is coming.